Okay. So welcome to the, I've lost count now of the number of you podcasts we've done. I think we're 13, 14 episodes, which is fantastic. Um, and I welcome Katie Oliver. Hello. 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 How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Do you want to explain to everyone the relationship that we have? I am his long-suffering sister-in-law. Your wife is my sister. Oh, ouch. Why does that ouch? There's a lot There's a lot that could come out here. <laughs> um, so thank you very much for joining us. You're up for the festival. We're doing a bit yes. of a family thing, right? Yes, we've been to the Edinburgh Tattoo, which was fantastic. Was it good? It was amazing. What was your favourite bit? Oh, the the bagpipes, obviously. Bagpipes. They're just, they're just very stirring. Every time I see the lone piper on yes. the wall, I get a bit emotional. So does mum. Yeah. She got emotional at the very beginning. Are There's you an a, emotional kind of person yourself? I can be, but usually only sad things. I'm not a very happy tear crier. Does that make sense? A happy tear crier. <laughs> That's a new thing. That's a new thing. A you happy know, when happy crier. things happen, I'm not really, although I did cry when I held Oscar for the first time. Oh. Because he was an adorable little cherub. And for the listeners, Oscar's Oscar's my son and is growing up fast. So he's no longer an adorable cherub. I would say he's no. an adorable rascal. <laughs> uh, but, so then how would you describe Orla? Oh, let's not go there. Let's not go there. Um, <laughs> so the reason we do the podcast, um, we just talk real life, right? We just talk um, real life stuff. Uh, and the purpose of doing the podcast is really just for people to have things that resonate with them. Um, lots of times, I, I always say that that people often feel lonely, isolated. They're going through different emotions at different times in their lives. And sometimes that, that can be isolating and you can feel alone. And, um, mm-hmm. and it helps to hear from others who have gone through similar stuff, right? And we, we had a quick coffee before we came in and I told you all about the the my specific irrational hatred of being put in a box and defined <laughs> because I think life is about a constantly evolving moving journey right mm-hmm. um but you kindly offered to come in and do a podcast and you did so um there's one there's one particular thing I think we want to talk about and I just want to dive straight into it we'll go all over the place I'm sure but there's a whole bag of crazy there's a whole bag of crazy stuff um so let let's start on the OCD yes okay so how would you describe OCD generally and then how does it manifest in terms of your own experiences with it okay OCD obsessive compulsive disorder it can manifest itself in different ways the most common I suppose is um over cleaning over washing your hands um counting things flicking light switches several amount of times otherwise something bad will happen that's your classic ocd um and you'll hear it everywhere someone will straighten a pen on a desk and someone will go oh ocd i mean so it's made light of quite a lot but actually it can go a lot deeper than that and it can be very hard to live with uh mine started it's hard to pinpoint my first memory of having something to do with that was not wanting to eat from the knives and forks around my friends' houses because I was worried that they weren't clean. That's the first thing I remember. Um, and right, then it, how, how old were you then, roughly? Mm, probably about seven or eight, Okay, maybe. so quite early so on. So like primary school mm-hmm. age, I think. Um, and I've always had a bit of a thing about things in public, um, knives and forks. You'll always see me wiping it 
You may have noticed at Nando's I the other have, day. I have, yeah. Yeah, so just, uh, I don't know why. They've obviously been in the dishwasher, but if they've got watermarks on them, I'm like, that's not clean. Um, it's gotten better with age, but mine, it mainly took over when I was about 14, 15 to 16, that kind of, I became very worried about germs and hand washing, particularly toilets. Toilets are the bane of my life. I dream about toilets all the time. And when you when you say... <laughs> <laughs> when you say out of control, like describe that for people, because I, I think, you know, straightening things on the desk and, and you're right. I'm guilty of that. Right. I, I've I've often made light of people mm. that have done that. Yeah. Um, but but, you know, I'm talking to you. Clearly, there are more serious ramifications. But but in terms of it getting bad, what, what does that actually actually mean? It depends on the reason why you're doing it. If you just like things to be straight and you think it looks better that way. And then that's fine, then okay. But if it's, uh, some people are like, if I don't do this, something bad's gonna happen. For me, I suppose the germ thing, not necessarily that something bad was gonna happen, but I just didn't feel clean. And um, I almost sort of watch the uh, journey of germs, so. So you're playing it out as yes. things go on. So wow, if wow. I see someone, so let's take Oscar and Orla. Yep. We went to Edinburgh yep. on Saturday and straight at the train station, like hands up, may as well have been licking the glass. <laughs> <laughs> and from then on, I'm like, I'm watching where their hands are going. What are they touching? What are oh, they doing? Wow. And so, it, I mean, I'm a bit removed. Obviously, they're not my children. Obviously, yep. I love them dearly and take care of them. But if Claire and you are okay with it, you know, I understand kids have got to have a certain amount of, grime to get a good immune system but, but it may, does it actually make you feel really uncomfortable not as much as it used to okay but it would have done when i was a teenager okay um yeah hand washing got to the point where i was red raw um and sometimes i just couldn't stop i didn't feel you kind of with ocd it's you you do it until you feel uh comfortable as so, in you've done enough yes and, and is it only or has it only ever been germs as the kind of That's thing? That's how it started, okay. definitely. And then I think as I've grown up and as my situations and um, surroundings have changed, it's it's manifested itself in a different way. So now it's much more intrusive thoughts, which is a lot harder to deal with. I suppose everybody will have different opinions on that. But intrusive thoughts are... It, it, they can be any number of different topics, mm -hmm. anything. Um, and they've changed for me. Um, generally, so it's, it's random. It's quite random. Okay. I have a theme. Okay. Um, generally around responsibility and um, just things that would make me unlovable, that kind of thing. Um, but, oh, I've lost my train of thread In now. terms of it changing from germs to intrusive thoughts and then those intrusive thoughts being different. Yes. And um, changing over time, right? Yeah, definitely. But, but you can't control them. No. No, you can't. And it, it's odd for me, actually, because when the pandemic hit, that's probably when I suffered the most with intrusive thoughts. Now, you would think, being a former germaphobe, right. still mildly germaphobe, but not as bad as I was, okay. that COVID would drive me mad, yeah. but it didn't. Mm. It may be because... That's when I broke up with my ex. And so I spent lockdown alone. So lockdown for me was, was uh, you know, symbolic of me being on my own. So I couldn't wait for it to end. Oh, really? Because you I were, wanted you... to get back out there. Because there's two different camps, right? Completely. There's, there's, there's the camp which, you know, believe it or not, really enjoyed that oh, yeah. lockdown and the isolation. And there's the camp that utterly Hated detested it. it. I was a so, bit of both. I couldn't work. Being a, uh, at the time I was a beauty therapist and we all had to shut. So I was at home for about eight months out of the whole year. 
just me and the two moglets at home yep. driving me crackers. Um, and of course, yeah, couldn't do anything, couldn't see anyone. Luckily, I was able to bubble with mum and dad, who are only 10 minutes down the road. Um, but that wasn't for a while. Uh, we would meet for um, walks and stuff. But, you know, my marriage literally ended at the, that first week of lockdown. So not only needing emotional support from that and just then being on your own as well. I, it, it was it was tough, but I sort of learned a lot about myself. I went through lots of therapy over Zoom um, and I did a lot of arts and crafts. That's my, my thing, my yeah. go-to. Um, and yeah, it, so I part of me enjoyed it, but part of me hated it. And in terms of back, back to the OCD, did it, did it, did it make things worse then that time? I know, I know you talked about coming kind of away from the germs and into the intrusive thoughts a bit more, but did, did that lockdown period, did COVID change your OCD or was it the OCD staying diff, uh, staying static whilst the environment around you changed? Was it's there a relationship between the two? There's a difficulty in explaining that. So the, the, it had already progressed to intrusive thoughts before oh, the okay. pandemic okay. Yep. was even a thing. Yep. Um, and But when I was with my ex, unfortunately, he had quite a lot of mental health issues himself. And that kind of kept my brain so busy that I didn't have time to worry about my own stuff. So we talked about this and I was going to ask you what one of the things that I think listeners would be interested in, because I, I think you get different forms or severity of OCD and, and people mm. have it in different experience it in different ways so I was going to ask you about coping mechanisms mm. and everyone's going to be different right oh, but, yeah. but are there things that you found that you can do and you just said distraction so I'm assuming that's one of them but are there other things that you yeah. can do to keep a lid on on it getting out of control yes everybody will be different yeah. so you have to do what works for you and I've had lots of different therapists over the time I've tried different things um but one some of the most helpful ones um was from the last therapist Sylvia she's lovely um and shout out to Sylvia Sylvia love you Sylvia <laughs> um so the first one is it's going to sound really stupid but breathe you just when you feel yourself getting panicked yeah. and uh, people might be different but for me it rises up to well, it's a physical thing as yeah. well isn't it yeah yeah it starts in my gut and mm -hmm. it when it gets to a fever pitch it rises up my throat and I wow. feel a bit, not like I'm going to be sick, but I just feel a bit overwhelmed. Yep. So close your eyes and do box breathing. Okay. So you're yep. going to go in Can. for four, yep. hold for four, out for four, okay. hold for four. And you don't really have to breathe you. Don't have to breathe deeply. And actually, if you breathe really deeply, you're almost upping your adrenaline. So you want to just do controlled breaths. Okay. So that's a good one. Yep. Another one she taught me was if day to day um, a thought comes in that you don't want, you have to do something physical. So if you're out and about, you could, you know, shake, you could stomp yep. your feet. I wriggle my toes because I'm usually sat in front of somebody. So it would look silly to just yep. flail about. Wriggle your toes. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it would give them something to laugh about, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, wriggle yep. your toes. Yep. Think about what you had for dinner last night and say what color the floor is. And you do that as many times as you need to. It stops that thought where it is. Because if you don't stop it, you end up in this big cycle of gloom you can do and I would so it was it's a distraction method that you you just have to practice and work on so those were a couple of really helpful tips that I had um, and for me distraction I'm a huge Harry Potter nerd so shout out to the Harry Potter nerds <laughs> I have it on repeat on audible and whenever there is 
If I'm home alone and there's silence, I'll put that on. It depends. I'm, I'll switch from that to music. But sometimes Harry Potter is better at taking me out of it. I've listened to it so much now that I don't have to concentrate. So my brain's just happily listening yeah. while I can concentrate on but, other But it's things. there for distraction. It's there and it's comfort. So I, I can't stress that enough. Comfort, comfort when you are okay. anxious is the best, the best thing. So As find in some, something. something you, you know and love, basically. Yeah. Okay. You know, it, it's no different to cuddle in your teddy when you're a kid. Find yeah. something that makes you feel comfortable and safe and go with it. It doesn't matter what it is. And it doesn't matter if other people think it's weird. Just do it. That's Lovely. the best thing. Okay, so here, here's a, another question is you talked about therapy. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that you'd have been able to get to those coping mechanisms, the way you manage the OCD eventually without the therapy? Or do you, because there'll be lots of people out there that, that don't have access to it, even if they had a choice, right? Yes, of so, course. So like, is, is, is that, in your opinion, is it really a kind of necessary intervention to help or just a, a, a nice to have? It, it's difficult. I would say therapy is fantastic and everybody should have it. There mm. is not one person on the planet that couldn't do with having someone to vent at and, yeah. to, and to try and unpick what's going on. I don't know if other people's brains are like it, but I describe my brain as a tangle of Christmas lights. I mean, where do you start? Are they coloured or are they the same? Oh, it depends on my contentious, mood. Contentious, contentious. <laughs> They're obviously coloured okay. because I'm a bright person. That's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you need someone to help you untangle that giant mess. And, and you can't always do that yourself because you're too close to it, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, you just you need, need to step, step out. You need someone yeah. who's, who can look at it with a, a rational mind because usually when I've got myself into a state I'm so fast so past rationality yeah. that it um so it would always be helpful I know that if you're not lucky enough to be able to pay for it you obviously have to go on very long waiting lists but stick at it and in the meantime um I've actually found things like Instagram and Facebook quite helpful if you follow the right pages I was going to say that's a that's a big statement because a lot of people that I talk to hate it I, I'm, a, I'm a tale of two halves, basically. Okay, okay. There are some pages which are just full of... Just rubbish. In rubbish, name rubbish, right? Nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Bad advice. Yeah. Um, but there's a few um, that are good for anxiety. They'll put up tips. They'll put up little videos. Okay. They'll, they'll talk you through stuff. And it, it's hard to to find them. You have to kind of be recommended. But I think there's... DL something anxiety. I'll need to check these links, but yeah. um, they're just good pages by people who have been through it. Yes, um, that, that's the key, isn't it? Lived experience, exactly. I think, is better. Yeah. So find, there's a book called Untangle Your Anxiety, and yeah. the people who wrote that, they're the people I follow. Okay. Um, there's a fabulous girl called Dana, um, I think it's Mercer is her surname. She's, um, she's actually not necessarily about mental health, but she's all about body positivity. Nice. That's really helped. Yeah. Um, people that normalize stuff, so sometimes that can be a great tool. You have to be very careful with who you're following. Yeah. And if it doesn't make you happy, stop following them. If you're finding it works for you, then go for it. But sometimes it's like you say, the reason for this podcast is nice to know that there are people out there going through the same thing. Definitely. And it's full of stories. Yeah. Um, I also follow good news pages. Always good news. So, well, that's one of the things I noticed about you early on, right? <laughs> early on is I switched on the news one day and it was almost like... Oh, what are you watching that rubbish for? Yeah. So talk to us about 
the news in general, your opinions of it. Okay, <laughs> so that's a good description. Uh, so why? Tell us. Tell us why. It's it's full of doom and gloom, and a lot of it you can't do anything about. Yeah, out of your control. Right? Out of your control. Yeah. It just. I live in a bubble. And it, that might be unhelpful to some people. Might Some people might think that that's a very silly way to live. But it's 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 the way for me to cope with stuff because I can't control bombs going off in Syria and, you know, awful behaviour. I'm not even going to go into mm-hmm. it, all around the world. Um, so by not watching it, I don't go to bed feeling depressed, you know, because... If you watch ten o'clock news, that's the last thing you watch before you go to bed, mm-hmm. and all you're all you're seeing is all the sadness and all the all the rubbish in the world. Lot, lots of people say it, um, and I I wonder, you know, there there is definitely something in there about these humongous kind of global events that are going on. You know, from war to financial challenges globally, you know, to to pandemics recently. I mean, it's global scale stuff. Climate. Mm. And individually, we're we're out of control, and collectively we're out of control actually. But in, individually, we can't change that thing. So, is control an important thing? When you say I live in a in a bubble, is mm. that about being able to influence the things within your bubble, and that makes you kind of comfortable? Yes, uh, control is a big thing with people with OCD. Um, again, Sylvia, therapist, said that I am at my most vulnerable when I am faced with uncertainty, because I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like not knowing what's going to happen. But at the same time, if you could promise me that only good things were going to happen, I'd be like, yeah, okay, fine, brilliant. I do like that aspect of the future. But at the same time, when you are in a situation, so for example, I'm nearly, well, I'm 34 and a half. I am divorced. I've not got any kids. And at the moment, I'm single. That's not where I wanted to be at 34. So it's very hard to think positively and say, no, it's going to come. It's going to come for me because my experience so far is that it's not worked out. Yeah. So from that point of view, if, if someone could promise me that Prince Charm is going to walk through the door and we're going to have lovely babies and live in a mansion, you know, all, all that rubbish. <laughs> fairy tale stuff. Fairy tale, then it would be exciting. But because you don't know, having OCD, unfortunately, it jumps to the worst conclusion a lot. So it depends on where I am in my I don't know, cycle, I suppose, of mental health, because you can be up and down. Um, If if you're in a vulnerable state of mind, then you're going to be looking at the negative stuff. If you're in a positive state of mind, it'll be easier to look for the excitement in the future. If you took OCD out of the equation, would you call or describe yourself generally as a as a more pessimistic person or a more optimistic person? Forget the OCD. I'd like to say optimistic. Yeah, I would say optimistic, yeah. Because I, I look for the good in things yeah. and people. Yeah. Um, and I always want to be surrounded by smiley, happy people. Laughing yeah. is fantastic. I yeah. love laughing. It's a good therapy as well. It's itself, really it? good. Yeah, it yeah. is really good. So that's why I watch things like Gogglebox okay. and utter rubbish on TV because it's lighthearted and, and it reminds me of the good in the world and yeah. that people do have a sense of humour and it's not all nasty people and gloom. It, it's amazing because it doesn't matter what channel you get your information from, whether it's old style kind of print whether it's magazines, newspapers, or whether it's kind of traditional network television or, you know, satellite broadcasts or cable, or now social media, 
you you can depending on what you ingest and again i think i said this on a previous podcast but you know nutritional values on food have only been a fairly recent thing right mm. and we ingest that stuff into our guts which yeah. affects our you know physical yeah. being and our mental being because the two are connected mm. and yet we don't even think about what we ingest through our eyes our ears no. you know no, and, you don't. and you know that's that's food for the brain yeah. and we're you know basically it's impossible to be a nice well-rounded human being it's hard isn't it because healthy food does not taste good <laughs> exercise hurts and you know that that addiction to just scrolling along your phone is it, it's a hard one so yeah if you think about it to try and eat well do good for your body, do good for your mind, do good for the planet. It's, that's a lot of pressure on you as a person. And some people feel that pressure. Other people don't give a toss, mm -hmm. you know, so it, it's balance. So it, it's impossible. And don't ever feel like you're failing because you're doing your best. Yeah. I think that's um, something that I've learned. And also that whether you believe in fate or, or what, I, I'm a very firm believer that everything happens for a reason. But a couple of things people have said to me is that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Okay, don't fight it. Kind of accept it, right? Yes, there is whatever you believe in, there is some sort of plan. Um, and the right thing will come to you at the right time. So you have to have a little bit of faith as well. Yeah. Um, which, again, is hard to do when you like to know what's happening or just have a certain control over it. Yeah. And, lo and logically, wherever you are. You know, factually, logically, that's where you are, right? So yeah, can't do you anything. have to accept it and, and you have to then build from that, I think, yeah. um, towards something. So you touched on relationships, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, challenging, right? Uh, right. But do, do you think that because, you know, the, the joking aside around the fairy tale stuff, I mean, you're, you're, you're not unique there. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, I mean, actually park relationships for a second. Mm. We'll come back to that. But generally in life, I think that's perhaps part of the challenge is that people set themselves unrealistic, utopian goals. And that might be career driven. It might be financial driven. It could be relationship driven. It could be aspirations in a, you know, in an athletic sense. Right. Yeah. Um, but we're all sometimes guilty of setting goals that are probably unrealistic and then really upset when they don't work out. Yeah. So so then now switch back to relationships. Mm. Do, do you think your view on it has mellowed a bit or do you do you still are you resolute in terms of whatever that looks like does not that's not important but whatever you have as a vision there mm. are you resolute that that must be perfect or are you a bit I, more mellow and I realistic don't think about you can it? I think okay. once you've been through several and especially through a marriage that sadly didn't um wasn't successful it's you you have to adapt your view I mean Disney's got a lot to answer for <laughs> I mean <laughs> We, we, as you know, you try your best as a parent to shield your children from the horribleness of the world and, yeah. um, and, and give them these, these hopes and dreams. And sometimes, I don't know, you need to have a little pinch of reality in there. Um, I never expected to be whisked off on a, on a horse, but you do hope that someone will come along and, and just treat you the way you want to be treated. Um, and, and be your partner. But what I'm looking for is, is someone to share my life with and to, um, 
match my energy and just be a team player I can't stress that enough you've got to be a team because it's not oh you do this and you do that and no you have to come together and yeah I suppose what you're looking for is different it it's a bit like when I was buying my first house I wanted a nice kitchen and a nice bathroom um, and certain things and I found it very lucky but it came at a cost of it's on a very noisy road and there's not a lot of storage and there's no drive. And as you change and you grow up, you want different things. So now I want a utility room and I want more storage and I want a water softener. You know, all the stuff that as you get older, you think, oh, that's not quite as exciting as I thought but, it was. But that's the be. key bit then. So you've, you've hit on it really is, is that whoever is your match actually needs to be flexible <laughs> and <laughs> to put up adaptable with me and my changing god knows who how we're going to find that person but uh <laughs> but but that's a key bit isn't it you know the ability yeah. to because no nobody stays static do they no of course and, not. and the relationship itself can't stay static otherwise no. you don't grow together either right? no as long as you have your fundamental values and and th so things that will never change yeah um i can't think of an example so you know family is very important to yeah. me that yeah. won't ever change yeah. um no smokers that's never going to change that kind of thing yeah um as long as you basically have a very similar outlook on life and an attitude i think that's you know it doesn't matter if you've got other differences yeah. there, there is no perfect person i have been frequently told um, so yeah you just have to find someone that's gonna you know you have that foundation together yeah and then all the other things will you know you'll just learn to live in harmony i think got because it. Yeah, there is no perfect duo. So um, let's let's touch on the moguls, just briefly. The what? Is it the moguls? And what do you call them? Moglets. Moglets. <laughs> what, what are moguls then? I don't know, Paul. You've made that one up. I've made that one up. Well, that's a new word. Moguls. Moglets. Moglets. Talk, talk to us about the moglets. Kittens. I've got two. And do they help? Are they companions? How <laughs> yes do you view no. them? Are they pets? <laughs> Are they friends? Bella are they, yeah. is an angel. Okay. Apart from when she's ripping up the furniture. Okay. Raffi. Slight problem there. A little bit, but yeah. Okay. Raffi. Oh, how do you how do you describe him? He's an idiot. Okay. <laughs> I adore him for it. Yeah. For it. So they're both both just mongrel cats, whatever you call them. That, I think the moggies is the term. Okay. Um, two tabbies. One Raffi is about six. Um, got him and his brother when they were little tiny babies. Unfortunately, Luca, his brother, ran away. Oh. Never, just before he was a year. Um, I like to think that he's gone and found himself a nice old lady. He definitely has. Feeds him so much chicken. Definitely has. That he's too fat to fit through the cat flap, even if he wanted to come home. That's so that's way. how I like to think of it. That is a good way to end the moggles. Moggles. Moglets. Moglets. Moggies. Moggies. Story. Moglets. <laughs> We're, we're going to now talk about a bit of work. Work? A bit of work, yeah. So cool. tell everyone what it is that you do for work. <laughs> um, I have recently had a bit of a career change and I'm now a full-time legal secretary for Ooh. a solicitor's firm down in Farnborough. Um, before that, I worked myself... Uh, for 10 years as a beauty therapist so I'm still doing some beauty on the side because I didn't want to take my finger out of that pie completely 
And that was something you were really passionate about as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I kind of didn't really know what to do with life. I had these grand ideas of being a, a graphic designer because I loved graphics at school. But when it came to uni, I chickened out. Didn't I just didn't really fancy it. I'm not a big party person and I didn't really want to, with the germ thing, live away from home. Uh, it was okay. a bit like, oh, yeah, you know, having to sense. live with other people, strangers, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't bother with uni. Um, and I kind of just went out into work and I was a receptionist, telephonist type thing for a while. And I sort of bounced from um, admin job to admin job. And then um, I landed at the spa at Four Seasons in Hampshire. And I was a receptionist there, but we got to go and do a day's training at Espar, which is the um, cosmetic brand that they use. And I went with one of the other girls who just started, but she was a therapist. She got to stay for the whole week and I only got to do a day. And it was that point I went, I would like to do the treatments, not just book them in. Yeah. So I did uh, an evening course um, in beauty therapy and then I went back as an apprentice and then I worked in salons for a couple of years. And then realized that that's not really for me. Salons are, are a tricky um, atmosphere. So mum, very kindly, mum and dad said, why don't you do it for yourself? You can have your old bedroom back. Wow. So we turned it into a salon and I was there. That's a new version of moving back home. I know. Mum always says it's like you've never left. <laughs> but hey, I'm pretty sure she'd be devastated if I did go. So you're still doing that? Yes, but only but weekends, we, evenings, yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah, every other Saturday in an okay, evening because um, the, the full-time hours is quite a lot. Um, but, I mean, I loved it, but um, it was when the pandemic hit, really, that um, people stopped coming. Of course, of course. For one yeah. reason or another, yeah. couldn't afford it, were nervous yeah. or had gotten so used to not having it done. So it kind of took a nosedive and then I had to get a part-time job to sort of balance out um, money. And that part-time job was very dull um so that's when I looked for something different and there just wasn't a lot of part-time available so I made the leap to do full-time and I love it really yeah that's good and I I know the social side's pretty good as well yeah social side's good the company's great to work for the people in my team are all really cool there's a nice mix of ages that's so nice um and yeah it's It's rare it's 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 rare but yes it's lovely so Um, I found something that I'm really happy in. So th- that's an area of your life that's yeah, it's going, going well, well, right? Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. And so. then, so so, can we talk about something else that I know you're passionate about as well, which is music. I love music. I love music. And we, we often share tracks. We do. Not as much as we used to, but we, we often share tracks where I've heard something and I'll share it with you or you've heard something and share it with me. Mm-hmm. So how important is music for you? What does it do for you, you know, just talk it, us through oh the music thing. Uh, there's never a moment where I'm not listening to something. Really? In the shower, while I'm cooking, while I'm gardening. You always have the music I always on. have something on, okay. yeah, something in my ears. Um, because it's not only is it a, a way to stop my brain from going, oh, hang on, silence. What can I, what can I pick out of here and yeah. obsess over? But it's, it's, it's a way of expressing myself. I love singing. Whether I'm any good at it, I don't know. Yeah. But I do love it. So, um, yeah, and all sorts of different things as well. My particular favourite is country music at the moment, which is a little bit of, a, I don't know, it's a niche, 
Although, it's definitely a niche. Although more people like it than you think. Oh, they really? come out of the woodwork. Oh. When when they, when you put something on Instagram or whatever and you've got a mu- country music song, people are like, oh, I didn't know you like country music. Have you heard this person? <laughs> so it, it's like a, you kind of hide it. It's almost people are a bit, it's like their guilty pleasure. But it, it's not like, you know, all banjo twanging, you know, all that kind of stuff. It, it, there is some really lovely stuff. And I, what I love most about it is that their lyrics tell a story. So, um, And the story for, in music for you, sto- stories as important as the story, music? It can be, but sometimes for me, I just want something that I can sing to or tap to or something that just puts a smile on my face. Um, yeah, I think one song that never fails to make me smile. And I, it, I don't know why, but it is um, Jump Around by House of Pain. Oh, wow. It just makes me smile. That is not a song that I No, you wouldn't, would you? I think it's because it reminds me of um, Mrs. Doubtfire. That was a favourite when I was a kid. But it's an uplifting thing for you, music, right? Yes, definitely. If it doesn't make me feel good, I turn it off. If it's got the wrong tone or the wrong vibe to it, I'm like, no, I don't like that. So does that include things like sad songs? No, it depends. Okay. It very much depends. Because those aren't uplifting. No, they're not. But if it's beautiful or if it's got a lovely tune... I'll, I'll only listen to them if I'm in a good mood yeah. or if I'm like, I need to cry. <laughs> I have I like need a, to let it out. I need <laughs> to let it out. I've got like a subdued mood. All right, I'm feeling a bit meh. I'll put that on. Oh, so, you, see, so this is interesting because I'm going to curtail into you understood here. Okay. So you understood when you capture a moment, mm-hmm. you actually have to stop and, and think about mm-hmm. how you're feeling. And often we don't do that. We just go through life not engaging with ourselves we try and engage with everything else around us Mm. but we go through how we're feeling we have to stop and think about how we're feeling and and you've really just described that without really knowing (laughs) it so you you say i'm in this particular mood which is you aligning with yourself because you recognize that which is something you'd be surprised about in terms of the general population but then you choose music that aligns with your mood Mm. that's really interesting yeah, if I'm in a low mood, I find that putting happy music on doesn't always work. So sometimes I'm like, no, I need to feel this. So you just... Go with it. Go with it. Rather than fight it. Yeah, one of the things that I, again, that I've learned through therapy is that you sit with your anxiety. You have It's uncomfortable as hell, but you have to let it be there. Let it be. And just be like, I see you. I'm just going to let you So it's you almost acknowledging it yes, is, a, is a help rather than pretending it's not there burying your head in the yeah, sand. Yeah, sometimes okay. if you try and fight it, it's it's even worse. Yeah. You know, you have to just let it be. Very, like I say, very uncomfortable and very difficult to do. Um, so it's something that you kind of have to practice. And if you try and you can't do it, don't worry. That's the, you haven't failed. You've just, you just need to keep trying. We, we had Rebecca Norris on from the Pottery Throwdown. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about working with her hands mm-hmm. and how that was immensely therapeutic for her. Very. So I know you've done a bit of pottery yep. and I know that you're actually quite crafty Very. In, in terms of you, you love producing, creating things. And you've done some fantastic stuff, especially for the children over the years. Mm. Um, but is that is that a is that a distraction or is that a something that you actually passionate about in isolation or actually it just coincidentally happens to be a distraction but actually you love it because i loved it yeah and i find that i'm generally quite successful with what i try to make it then becomes something again you've got to be in the right frame of mind okay if you're really low sometimes it will be the hardest thing ever to pick up oh, that paintbrush really? or 
whatever it is. But you're that's what they do. say about everything. You know, you don't have to shoot for the stars again. Just take the first step. Yeah, even if that's just showering. Pick up the yeah, exactly, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that on those those um, anxiety pages, okay. right? If you know, what have you done today? If, yeah. if you've just made it through the day, yeah. I'm proud of you. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's about managing your expectations of yeah. yourself. Sod the world. Yeah, whatever they think. You know, I know it's difficult because obviously. With your jobs, you have certain expectations. Yeah. You have to show up for work, of course. But we keep saying it: life is hard. It life is. is challenging. It is. I Let's mean, I stop don't pretending know, it's not. Everyone. I don't know whether it was easier time. You know, as time. I don't think it was. No, no I think it was just well, it different. Can't have been. It was just different. I right? think there's less talking about it. Yeah, exactly, know? exactly. So, so what sort of stuff do you love making? Or is oh, it literally I, anything and everything? How do you choose what to make? Well, you know, what I, materials do you like the most? I don't know. Oh, I don't so, know yet. So it's it's you just go with the moment. Yeah. So I've done. Um, I've to be honest, sewing is my main thing. Yeah. Uh, my grandma taught me how to sew. Oh, I got her old sewing machine. That's nice. And um, so that was kind of what started me. Um, but I've done uh, pottery courses. I've done faux calligraphy. What else have I done? Uh, I did paint by numbers over lockdown that was really therapeutic i loved that um you made hector i made hector hector is we should have bought him we should have bought hector hector, hector is uh, so when paul came to uh you and claire came down was it so, easter yeah i think so yeah. whatever time you came to see my new kitchen something, yes. and you saw that on the wall i had one of those faux um moose heads which yeah. was made out of fabric yeah. and you said wow that's quite cool really it was like cool that. i loved it so i decided considering you live in the middle of nowhere in Scotland <laughs> and that you love coos, I would make you a Highland um, coup. Highland coup. So um, I actually repurposed a fringe bag that I bought as is part of my country obsession, wow, wow, but wow. it wasn't quite fit for purpose. So I thought, do you know what I can do with that? I can turn that into a cow. And you've done an amazing <laughs> job. And I, I promise the next, it, the guest is going to be a bit freaked out, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to explain the context, but I will have Hector the Highland coup. <laughs> On the table um, or on yeah, some, somewhere you on the wall. You need to put some pictures on your, on the, um, what is it you do every month? The email. The blog. <laughs> or or, or the newsletter. The newsletter. <laughs> the newsletter. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's the word. So we'll do that. And, and you know, what, what I have loved about this episode of the podcast is that you're actually quite different in terms of the things that you do from the guests we've had so far. So... And in a good way, right? And so what... what Unorthodox. What, no. So <laughs> I, th I think it's brilliant because what, what it does is is it, it broadens the conversation and that I guess it reinforces that whatever you need as an individual, it's about finding what works for you. Absolutely. Right? So, so people will come in and talk about exercise. I know you hate <laughs> exercise, right? But my, but my point is people gravitate towards that as a as a kind of self-therapy for themselves and they yeah. love it because yeah. it's cathartic, right? But you have different tools and that's the whole message, I think. Yes. Everyone has different you. ways. Absolutely. You do you. Yeah. I love that. I as love long that. as it's not harming anybody, do it. Spot you on. Know? Spot on. So, yeah, I think you've, you've really got to find out what works for you and don't be afraid of it. Own it. Own it. Embrace it. Yeah. Don't bury your head in the sand. No, don't do that. That's a very silly thing to do. Good. Okay. Well, we'll leave it there. Okay. 
Katie, it's been an absolute pleasure. I know you're a bit nervous, but it really has been a pleasure. And I think genuinely that the stuff we've talked about today will definitely help somebody out there. And that was the whole point of it. So thank you very much indeed for coming in. You've been a superstar guest and we'll have you back. When okay. you're in your castle, you can come in <laughs> on the horse prince? with the prince. <laughs> he can wait outside and we'll do the second version of the podcast. Katie, it's been Sounds a pleasure. Good. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank All right. you. Bye.